Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pelvic Matters. I'm your host, Marina Castellanos, a physical therapist specializing in pelvic health in Westchester County, New York. Today on the show, I have Christine Randazzo Kirshner. Christine is a registered dietitian nutritionist, New York State licensed certified dietitian nutritionist, and the co founder of Amenta Nutrition, where she provides evidence based nutrition counseling to both individuals and companies. While she helps clients with various health concerns, Christine's main focus is on digestive disorders, pediatric nutrition, and weight management. She defies one-size-fits-all philosophies and offers an easy-to-follow, practical, and judgment-free approach to eating. In addition to her clinical work, Christine enjoys running on her local trail, trying out a new recipe, and spending time with her husband and three young children. Welcome to the show, Christine. Thanks, Maureen. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here, um, especially because I think that this is such a, a great topic for us to discuss. Um, so, you know, I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist. I work with yeah. a lot of women and I also work with children. Um, and for children, I see them mostly for like fecal soiling, bedwetting, daytime wetting, constipation, and really in going through history, um, you know, it really comes out that children end up having these long-standing issues with constipation that date back to, you know, infancy and toddlerhood. And, you know, parents have just been struggling with this for years. So I really wanted to do a show about pediatric nutrition. Um, so I'm really excited to do this. So why don't we tell the listeners, you know, what brought about your interest and passion for pediatric nutrition? Sure. Um, my passion for nutrition in general started from my own digestive issues, um, honestly. And then um, after realizing that when I ate in a well-balanced way, you know, whole foods, complete meals, I felt better. I had like more sustained energy throughout the day. And so when I had my three kids, I took it as like a big responsibility to be able to also um, ensure that they are eating well so that they could be their best selves and quite frankly to keep them energized and happier throughout the day <laughs> and we so all secondly <laughs> when, yes. <laughs> and secondly when I would see because like once you know something you can't help but see it everywhere mm -hmm. so once I saw you know other parents friends of my kids parents and I saw what they were feeding their kids how um, I really started to recognize all the different food parenting styles, and it drove me to want to help them, not only to teach them what they should be feeding their children, but like how to implement these strategies um, to, to, to make them successful. Amazing, amazing. Um, and like I was just saying, um, you know, so many of the children I work with suffer from constipation. They have issues related to that. Um, and going through this now, I have a toddler. She's um, nearly two years old, and who knows by the time she listens to this, she might be a teenager and cursing me for talking about her, <laughs> her GI system. But, um, yes, but she does have um, ongoing issues with constipation, and um, it's really challenging. So, and as a public or physical therapist, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I feel like, you know, I should have been more ahead of this, and I feel like I, I was, and then it's just like at this point, um, you know, it just is what it is. And it's like a daily management. So I mean, is, do you think that constipation is really just so common in a child's early years? Well, I think it's important for parents to realize that, you know, they're not alone, because it's not that uncommon. Um, about 5% of visits to the pediatrician is due to constipation. Mm -hmm. And about 25% of referrals um, to a pediatric gastroenterologist are is for constipation. Yeah. Um, so the question is like, why, why does this happen? Right. Mm -hmm. 
what are some contributing factors to constipation? Mm -hmm. And, you know, diet can play a role. I mean, that's why I'm here. Um, <laughs> you know, if a child is not, first of all, if a child is not having enough fluids in their diet, that could contribute to constipation. If they're not eating enough um, fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. So what's amazing about fruits and vegetables, besides all their nutrient content, is that it's fiber, which helps push things along. Yeah. And a lot of fruits and vegetables have a ton of water um, as, as part of their makeup. Um, mm -hmm. So if you feel like your child's not drinking a lot, you know, giving them something like cucumbers and carrots um, could be very helpful. Mm -hmm. and, and children who eat a lot of processed foods yeah. and tend to have um, more constipation issues. Um, not that processed foods cause constipation, Let's just make that clear. It's just that oftentimes when they're eating processed foods, that's being substituted for like a whole foods diet. That's true. Um, and then, you know, illness can cause constipation, medications, um, the child withholding stool, mm -hmm. which I'm sure you probably hear from parents. Yeah. That whole sense of control. We see it at the table. If mm -hmm. a parent is trying to... Um, feed their child a, a new food and they're trying to encouraging them to encourage them. But that encouragement can seem a little bit more like pressure. Yeah. And the child's like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not having this. So yeah. anything that like they could put in their mouth or anything that comes out the back door, they can control that. So they'll take advantage of, of that opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and then like, routine. it sounds like really the best place to start with is just look at the water intake. It's just look at the fluid intake when it comes to, you know, yeah, I would think fluid and fiber. Yeah. Um, and then of course, physical activity, but fluid and fiber for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the goal is to relieve the constipation, right, of course, mm -hmm. and also then to reestablish like normal stool patterns. Mm -hmm. um, and and the, the tips I can provide for that would be, you know, establishing a healthy diet and lifestyle. Um, like we just said, fruits and vegetables, kids should get about five servings a day. Mm. Um, substituting refined carbs with whole grains, mm -hmm. uh, beans, legumes. Kids love beans. Kids yeah. love My legumes. daughter does not eat beans. She does. <laughs> she does not. And I keep trying. And she's just definitely getting pickier and pickier now. So we're uh, definitely a struggle with us. But we do try. Um, but yes, I do, I do know, like most babies I know, um, you like family and friends, babies and stuff, they do. They eat beans so well. Um, yeah, that's a great source of protein and fiber to help push things along. Mm. Um, and then I know a lot of people ask about probiotics. I don't know if you hear that from your clients. I do. Yeah. And even our own pediatrician, you know, he's pretty supportive of using um, probiotics in the diet. Yeah. I don't know so much about like the prebiotics for, um, for the young ones too, if there's any really any added benefit to using like a prebiotic versus a probiotic. So a lot of your insoluble mm -hmm. fermentable fibers that we eat mm -hmm. salad celery i mean there's a huge lesson that could be another two-hour conversation mm -hmm. um, but those are all prebiotics okay so that's what's amazing so if you have those in your diet mm -hmm. you're essentially those pieces of the vegetable that you can't digest mm -hmm. that goes to your colon and you're going to feed all your good beneficial bacteria and they're going to be so happy with you Yes, <laughs> and then you're going to like flourish your microbiome in that way. Yeah, like so probiotics are good, but you know the research is still so limited. Mm -hmm. There are thousands and thousands of different strains 
Um, yeah. And yeah. I know when you go see a supplement like on the shelf, yeah, there's like, like 50,000, you it's know. Like, it's like the count is like 50 million, 50 billion something. And then the strains, at least the ones I've seen, like a couple may have a few strains. And then some other probiotic brands, they, they only have one. So, and I know it's not good to just use the same one like over and over again, because like you said, like they need variety in order to flourish, right? Yeah. And there's also like no research done at all with 50 billion different types of strains. Yeah. You know, the, the, the research really hones in, I would say probably about five. Okay. So although it's not a bad thing, you know, it's still too soon to tell how beneficial it is because we just need to wait for more research. But the great news is, is that your food itself has prebiotics, okay. which will do the job. Okay, that's good to know. And for the children that we want to encourage more of the veggie eating and variety in the diet, and if, you know, they're at this age, like, you know, my daughter is now, like, she's just getting so picky. Um, mm. So How old is she, did you say? She's almost two. Okay. And even, you know, and I know that it, it happens. Um, you know, she is not, I know she's definitely not alone, but, you know, for this age where, you know, children may refuse foods that they were previously eating or they just outright refuse to try anything new and then the only thing they want to eat is like the refined carbs or, you know, those foods that may contribute to constipation. Um, you know, what tips or advice do you have for parents struggling with that? Sure. Uh, and I just want to start by saying that there's nothing wrong with refined carbs. You know, right. that it's, it's, it's totally normal for a child to crave that. It's, yeah. um, that's like the brain's, you know, preferred energy source are carbohydrates and refined carbs are just very quick and easy to digest. Yeah. Um, so it's more that you want to try to give them whole grains and more of those fiber rich foods, mm -hmm. you know, 85, 90% of the time. Okay. Um, but for, if you're struggling with a picky eater, for example, um, you know, we, we really, really, really believe in the philosophy of Ellen Satter and okay. her division of responsibility and feeding. Mm -hmm. uh, and this encourages parents to take leadership um, with respect to feeding and give the child autonomy with eating. Okay. And, and a lot of parents struggle to hear that. Like, what do you mean you want my kid to have the control of when I'm trying to make sure that he or she is eating everything? Right. Um, so in Ellen Satter's Division of Responsibility, the parent is responsible for what, when, and where, and the child is responsible for how much they're going to eat and even whether they're going to eat. Hmm. So um, your job as the parent is to go food shopping mm -hmm. and provide these foods at home and know that you're offering your child healthy, good options mm -hmm. and letting that child choose between the options. Okay. So for my picky eaters, number one is that. Number two, um, don't ask your child. Okay. And now you're like, but, but you just said, give them the choice. Um, you know, it's very nuanced. So opposed to being like, are you hungry? Do you want this? Mm -hmm. You know, perhaps you give them two options one of those options is a food that they know and it's not intimidating or overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And, and another option is like a new one, maybe mixed with something else that they know, mm -hmm. and then just sort of trust them to, to pick one of those. Okay. And I think, um, you know, mostly when going through like introducing new foods, I mean, they, you said you, you I definitely heard and I definitely read that it takes like 15 plus, you know, exposures for a child to maybe even accept a new food. 
Um, yes. So it's just, you know, it's just a lot of repetition and consistency. Exactly. You just said it. Yeah. Okay. I think, um, I think the problem is that, you know, as parents, we just tend to feel anxious that we're not giving our kids like, you know, the nutritious food and all the vitamins that they need. And like, you know, my God, he only wants like to eat French fries and, <laughs> you know, yeah. like veggie chips. So what do I do now? Um, so I think a lot of that comes from, you know, definitely from myself, like my own, just like inner nervousness. And my daughter, she really does eat like pretty well. She's just getting to be a little more difficult now at, at this age, but um but overall but like other things that you've experienced i'm sure through your parenting like everything's in phases right yeah yeah you're, I, if you're uh, always like continuing to give the opportunity mm-hmm. you know it'll come around and yes. and from I, what i've heard i was way pickier when i was a kid so yeah and, and a lot <laughs> of what, what my mother tells me <laughs> yeah and a lot of what a parent does ref- is reflective of what they had growing up like their what's yeah. called their parents um mm-hmm. food parenting style mm-hmm um, but I also tell people like, don't assume, you know, maybe your kid is bored because those cucumbers are kind of plain, like throw some vinegar on there, oh. like jazz it up, you know, okay. you'll, you'll see her like kind of suck on those and be like, what's this? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That'll definitely give her like a little, a little pizzazz sucking on yeah. her own cucumber. Yeah. yeah. I think she would actually like that. She does like flavor. So yes. I think she would definitely, um, yeah, spice that. it up. They'll, they'll, like, they'll like spices. I'll surprise you. Yeah. And um, the other big topic that tends to surround constipation is the use of Miralax to help um, sure. you know, promote bowel movements. And I'm not going to say, you know, I'm pro-Miralax, against Miralax, but there, there is a debate that I'm sure you're aware of. Um, you know, for parents who aren't comfortable giving Miralax to their children, is there really like a comparable way to help reduce bowel movements when it actually gets to that point where you know like we we need to do something um okay so we'll clear the air a little bit i mean i'm sure like with what you do marina everything i do is individualized yeah it all depends on the person it depends on what works for them their comfort zone like you just mentioned um but i will say that miralax it has an osmotic effect Uh, it's an osmotic laxative Mm -hmm. so it just in case anyone's not familiar it draws water into the gut it makes your stool softer and it helps push things along. Okay. Two things to know is that it's not, it's not habit forming. It's not like this systemic drug that you take that your child's going to get addicted to or something. Mm -hmm. And also it doesn't affect your colon's underlying function. Right. So you don't have to worry that you are kind of, I don't know, tricking your colon and it's going to change the way it works in the future or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that sometimes timing is important. Mm -hmm. So if you want to give your kids fiber rich foods, there are a lot, there's like a plethora of options. You know, kiwis are my best friend right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of, um, success with kiwis. I'm working with a patient right now who's actually not a child, but, um, if, if you take, um, kiwis, for example, at bedtime, you know, that, allows the GI tract time to get things going um, to encourage like an, a morning bowel movement okay. so that you're like setting your, yourself or your child up well for the day. Mm. Like you, you, you got it moving, you cooped it out and let's move on. So we don't have things continue to build up. Mm. Um, uh, it's something like pear nectar mm. that has added sugar and other juices. And with that high sugar load, um, that can have an osmotic effect 
You could also warm it up a little bit and that might help move things along. What else? Cherries, um, apricots, berries, nuts and seeds um, can be helpful. The good old prune. Yes. Although the research is showing us now that kiwis um, may be even a little bit more effective. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think, um, you know, in general, you know, I think the really the, the best things that we can do is just to continue, you know, the hydration, varying those veggies, the prebiotic foods, and definitely things to kind of ingest overnight to really get things moving. Yes. And let's not forget physical activity. Yes. Your intestines are a muscle that mm -hmm. want to contract and relax. Um, so the more you exercise it, the better the performance will be. Yes. And that's definitely something um, with older children now who tend to be, you know, on their screens a lot and playing video games and, you know, had to be stuck home a lot during COVID and stuff. You know, there's mm -hmm. definitely been a lack of physical activity for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so what would you say might be like the top three recommendations, you know, parents can start with, just start improving, you know, maybe their, their child's gut health? Um, I would say start with yourself, number one. Be a good role model, actually. Yes. You know, your child, um, just like when you were just saying, Marina, how when you're feeding your child and you have this inner anxiety, mm. like maybe she feels that and is reading that, who knows? Yeah. So, you know, they're very, intu they're very intuitive. They feel everything. Mm -hmm. So you being a good, mo a good role model is a start because if he or she sees you eating it, they're going to be much more likely to try it than just saying, here, you do it. Because that old school thought, do as I say, not as I do. Mm, like, yeah. we know that does not work. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> um, and then I would, I would support and encourage like good habits by having um, healthy foods at home, mm. um, whole foods, uh, fruits and vegetables, mm, keep the skin on, you know, anything to encourage like a higher fiber intake. Um, and then third, I would say, make sure you speak positively about food, about body image, about your own body, and not to praise the child as being good or bad as it's related to food. So for example, saying something like, wow, you must have thought those cherries were so delicious mm -hmm. your daughter ate them, opposed to saying, good girl, okay. it's going to confuse her. And depending on the child you might have a child whose personality is they're a pleaser mm -hmm. and maybe they're then going to move forward they might be eating just to make mommy happy but maybe i'm, I'm i've been full for a while oh interesting so, so helping the child helping the child guide them to mm -hmm. be very to be aware of their own hunger and satiety cues mm -hmm. i think is like a beautiful gift you can give them moving forward in their life yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that's something that I automatically do is when, you know, she eats, she does eat her veggies or eats whatever I want to eat. She's like, good girl, you ate. You I know. know. It's, you a, ate. It's, so it's intuitive. It's second nature. Yeah. 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 So that's definitely a really great tip. Um, and, you know, and, and to go with that is like not rewarding with food, things like that. Keep that separate. Yes. I have to say for myself, I really, I put a stop to that. Um, yeah, it's hard not to. But. Yes, I know. I was like, we are not rewarding her with a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever she did. Like, you know, we do anything else like hugs, you know, positive, um, you know, speaking, whatever it is. I was like, but she's not going to get rewarded with a cookie. 
you know, yeah, extra not, five minutes of your show, whatever yeah. is important to them that's mm-hmm. not food related would mm-hmm. be a healthier mindset, I think, for them moving forward. I think that's great to try to instill the mindset from such a young age. And just speaking about this, it brings up, um, so I used to see children just doing pediatric developmental physical therapy before I got into public health. And I once worked mm-hmm. with a little girl who was about three or four years old one time, and she was playing with her dollies and <laughs> talked about something with the dolly's belly. And she was saying something like, you know, oh no, it's not that like my dolly has a big belly. She's like, she's going to die. And I was like, what? I was like, what do you mean your dolly's going to die? Like, I was so taken aback by that. And I said, you know, who told you that? And she said, because if you have a big belly, you die. So it was so hard for me to hear that. And I knew that somewhere along the line, like she heard a grown up say, you know, some comment about somebody who maybe had excess weight around their midsection and talked about Mm -hmm. how unhealthy that was and such and such. So I felt so bad that this poor kid at this young age was probably going to have a complex about any kind of stomach. Um, that she may or may not develop in the future. So no, exactly. Yeah. And, so and I, if mom is dieting or something, yeah, she's talking about it in a certain way, counting, yeah. looking so at I calories. Think, um, you know, that's going to normalize. Such that a good, her. yeah. You bring up such a good point of normalizing how we speak and you know how we use our words around our kids. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. Yeah. Um, okay. So this was really, really great information to share with listeners. Um, I would love if you have any parting words or parting tips, please go ahead and tell everybody. And then otherwise, you know, share everybody, um, you know, a little bit about your company and where they can follow you and reach you. Sure. Thanks, Marina. Um, well, first of all, I'm happy to share like our top go-to foods um, to alleviate constipation. If anybody's interested, I can send them a list. They can send me an email um, they can reach me at rd at amentanutrition.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, my partner, April and I, as you mentioned, we have a company called Amenta Nutrition. We're a nutrition counseling and consulting firm. So we conduct individual nutrition uh, counseling for people with all different issues. Um, but we tend to focus on digestive disorders, um, irritable bowel syndrome, mm-hmm. celiac disease, chronic constipation, um, and pediatric nutrition, we see a lot with picky eating. Um, we help families who might follow like a vegetarian vegan diet and how to structure and organize that to make sure you're getting all your nutrients you need, especially for the growing, thriving child. Um, adolescent athletes, we help them. You know, they need more um, nutrients for their growing bodies. And that's, then they're also expending all this energy from the exercise. So making sure they're meeting their needs. And then we also do weight management, a nice, safe, sustainable approach to weight loss if that's your goal. We also help people with weight gain if need be. Um, And then we also do consulting. Um, So we might help with a school nutrition program, corporate wellness, speaking engagements, et cetera. Okay, awesome. All right. Um, Thank you so much. I'm going to be sure to put your contact information website and everything in the show notes so people can reach out to you. Um, But thank you again so much for being here. And everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Public Matters. And we'll please check us out again next time. All right. Bye, everybody.